The figure of a man can be seen moving about in the dim light passed from one green shaded electric light bulb. All about him, huge tanks, past eerie shadows, give forth a strange odor. Pausing for an instant before one of these, the man reaches into his pocket, extracts the cigarette, reaches again, returns with a match. For a moment, he stands looking about. Then with a quick gesture, strikes the match on the nearby tank. His cigarette lifts. Another quick gesture sends the smoldering match sailing across the room to land in a maze of winding copper pipes where it lies sputtering sea blades, slowly dying out. Then suddenly it comes to life again with renewed vigor. Seems to gain strength. Ignites a thin trickle of liquid that runs from a leaf in one of the grotesque-looking tanks. Deliberately, a thin trail of flame licks a path across the floor. Greedily devours the fuel before it. Heads directly for the base of the tank. And as it reaches the groping sea with a flame up to the source of its food, the man turns, sees it, makes one desperate lunge. Fair hands outstretched as though to smother it. But as his fear crazed eyes watch, the flame reaches its destination. Rings as a brief split second. Then... For miles around, during the ground city explosion rushed from their homes, find the sky tinged with red as huge flames shoot hundreds of feet into the air above all the remains of the old barn. And in the fire station, an alarm bell informs fire chief Frank Wilson of the explosion. Galvanizes a sudden action every available piece of fire equipment. Detective R.F. Lynch, accompanied by several officers from the Culver City Police Department. They are making a Mrs. Jalen's in there. Dead and tank. No left. Why is this the I don't know. I don't know. I Shambles of burning wood. And 
one clear of flashlight reveals the body to be so badly burned that there is apparently no single clue as to its identity. I told you we were wasting our time in that. How are you going to find out who this fellow was when there's nothing left of him? Well, frankly, I don't know. Hold that flash here while I look him over. Okay. Yeah. No chance of anybody recognizing by his face, that's certain. Mm. No clothing left. Hey, bring that flash down here a little closer, will you? Yeah, yeah that's got it. What's up? Huh. Looks like a tattoo mark here on the back of his arm. You see here where it isn't burnt? Yeah. Yeah. Manila. C I nineteen nineteen. That's right, huh? That isn't nothing at all. Hello, Lynch. What's going on here? Oh, hello, people. A little stable we made ashes out of this, Bert. Yeah? I just got in on the train in time to get these cousins. Go by here, Dr. Cook. Well, I've been trying to get an identification on him, but so far the only thing I've got is this cat too much. Manila P I nineteen nineteen. Probably enough to tailor a soldier. What's the reason for wanting an identification for that? Mainly the fact that I'd like to get a line on the bunch who ran this kill. I've been trying to find it for months. Now that I have, the only person who might be able to tell me anything is Wendell Chris. Well, might as well call the wagon and take him into the morgue. Not much we can do out here to let fires over. Yeah. If Wilson doesn't get it under control soon, there's not going to be enough left of it to bother looking through. Oh, well, come on. That's phone for the wagon. I'm getting tired of this noise. Several hours, Chief Wilson, the rest of his department, is an attempt to extinguish the alcohol fed blaze. And finally, as the first rays of the morning sun announce a new day, the last flame gives way in its stubborn battle and subsides into a smoldering ruin. And at the morgue, Captain Lynch and Captain Cecil Crusell, head of the motorcycle division, mull over the burned body and make another vain attempt to find some bit of identification. Oh, this spot on his back looks as though there'd been more tattooing, Lynch. Yeah, but what does it say? That I couldn't tell you. That's the trouble. That and the one bit of tattooing on his arm, which does us practically no good. There's absolutely nothing to go on. How about fingerprints? wonder if we could get anything there. On those fingers? <laughs> Not a nothing left to print with. Well, that's kind of hopeless. Listen, Diesel, I've got an idea. How about us calling up Sheriff Pistol in Los Angeles and seeing if he can help us? They've got a lot of new fingerprints and identification equipment on there. Might have something new. Mm-hmm. Can't hurt any. The pinch was stopped cold at this end. That's just what I'm going to do. Give me that phone. Thus, in response to Lynch's call, Captain Nuremberg of the Identification Bureau drives to Culver City, pulls up in front of the morgue, and once inside, he meets Lynch and Cushel. Ah. Not much to go on, is there? Not much. Now, let me see these fingers. Mm-hmm. No chance of a print. Yeah, that's what we figured. There's one small chance, though, that we can try. Something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. What's that? Attempt to restore the skin of the fingers to normal by soaking them in alcohol and powdering them. Is it might work? <laughs> I can't say definitely. I know that it's just possible. But it will be experimental completely. Well, for me, I say let's try it. If it works, we're happy. If it doesn't, what are we lost? Accordingly, with all arrangements made, Nuremberg returns to his laboratory to make preparations for the experiment. While Cushel, accompanied by police judge Randall, drives to the burned shaft, begins an investigation. Well, looks like this is where someone lives. Yeah, that old iron bed there. 
Probably a sort of general hangout living quarters for that poor fellow that got burned and the rest of the gang. What's all this junk over here? I don't know. Looks like what is left of the chest of drawers or something. Well, the only thing that didn't burn. Yeah. Uh, you think you'll get anywhere with that fingerprint idea, people? Oh, I don't know, Judge. A chance. Make it pretty juicy after you this. More power there. Without the swimming league, I've ever heard of it. Yeah. Hello. What's this? Find something? I don't know. Looks like an old one. Yeah. What it is. Hmm. Anything else? Hmm. Oh, some papers. Let me see. There's an old speed ticket. And oh, wait a minute. It's not so old. Made out on December 8th. Yes. That's day before yesterday. Yeah. Let's see if I can make out the name on it. Harry A. H. O. Howard. Harry A. Howard. Well, you remember that name, don't you, Judge? Yeah. Hey, wasn't he the fellow who had up a bootlegging a couple of times? Right. Link and I have been trying to connect him with some big time skill for a long time. And it looks like you were right. Hmm, let's see what we got here. Nearby what is your Yeah, and here's the officer's name again. Say, I've got an idea that this little ticket is gonna make a lot of difference in this case, Judge. <laughs> Angeles traffic officer proves conclusively that the Howard on the traffic ticket and the Howard to tell knows are one and the same man. With this knowledge, to tell hurries back to Tulsa City and forms Lynch his discovery. Then the two officers settle down to await the arrival of Nuremberg and the start of their identification experiment. And at 10 the next morning, after a sleepless night, they greet the fingerprint experts and hurry to the morgue. How are you going about this in Nuremberg? Well, the first thing we've got to do is strip the skin from the fingertips. And we've got to be careful doing it, too. That's the first place we can go wrong. What do we do with it when we get it? Soak it in alcohol for three days. That should restore it to a fair degree of normality. At least enough to party. Then, if everything goes well, we photograph the results and get a set of fingerprints. Of course, the odds are that we won't get anything. But there's that one chance. I've got a hunch it'll work, Nuremberg. A strong hunch. And so far, my hunches have been 100% right. Come on, let's get started. So, throughout the morning, Nuremberg works like some skilled surgeon, carefully removing the charred skin from the big fingertips, jealously placing them in a container of alcohol to soak. It is a nerve-stretching task, and when, toward the afternoon, Hedford straightens up from his work, pronounces the first step of the experiment finished, both to Shell and Lynch, with a long, suppressed sigh of relief. So far, so good. And now, with three long days to wait, Lynch and Shell pick up the former set of evidence. Start a man hunt for the man behind the sill, Harry A. Howard. At first, they make another search of the burned sill. Discovered a metal waste paper container buried under a pile of hard embers. In it, they find several scraps of torn paper. Yeah, only these scraps aren't left. Look more like receipts. Look more like receipts. Look more like receipts. Look more like receipts. We're on the right track. Now all we've got to do is to find Howard and pin it on. He won't have a leg to stand on. Ex-bootlegger Harry Howard isn't as easy as it seems. For two days, the men track down all his known haunts, find the same answer. Howard has not been seen for some time. Several friends of his have brought in questions, but each one denies any knowledge of Howard's whereabouts. 
And by the morning of the third day, Lynch and Tuchel begin to realize that things are not just what they might be. And now the search for Howard is put aside for the continuation of Nuremberg's experiment. In his laboratory in Los Angeles, Lynch and Tuchel watch anxiously as the scientist begins the second step, that of powdering the now perilous hope fingertips. You see here how the skin is turned white, resumed its appearance of human skin rather than parchment. Ah, you can tell what it is, all right. Now, the next thing is to make the tiny indentations or lines stand out. You see, unlike the usual method of fingerprinting, that is, rolling the fingers in ink and then getting an impression from pressing on a pad, we've got to photograph these tiny pieces. Naturally, the way they are, there's no contrast. Everything looks white. So, we... Take this soft powder preparation, so, invest it into the crevices, then we blow up the exert, and there you see a perfect fingertip. I'm George Nuremberg. You've got something. I hope so. Well, what now? What about that? That's right. This lens is specially constructed to take soft close-up pictures of small objects. Now, I'm going to set this glove-like fingertip on the end of this pencil. So, set it up here with this light on it. Like this. You mean you're going to have to set each one up like that and take a picture? That's right. Slow, but if it works, sure. The Major Nuremberg photograph each of the five ships of one hand, received with the five from the other. And at last, after two hours of careful work, the place for sense to be developed and printed. Impatient for the results, Lynch and Tuchel go with them. Watch quietly as the negatives are developed. Wait eagerly as the first carbon print begins to trace a pattern on the white sheet of photographic paper. Let's see, sir. There's something coming out. Yeah, tiny little circular lines. Fingerprint. It's almost unbelievable, then. That anyone could stop with what Nuremberg had and finish with this. A perfect set of prints. Now that we've got them, they might be useless. That's right. Only somehow I have a feeling. Yeah. So that. Uh, well, there you are, Lieutenant. A perfect set. Clean as a whistle. How long do we have to wait now? About five minutes. Just till they get a hypo bath to fix them. Then they're all yours. Perfect. Only if you could make that four minutes, I'd appreciate it. My nose is at the point now where one extra minute and I think they'll bust. Okay, Lieutenant. I'll see what I can do. Can't have any busted nerves lying around here. No room for them in a dark room. <laughs> and in the allotted time, Lynch and Trucell find themselves in possession of the long-awaited print. Immediately, they start the first move towards an identification. Started checking with the files in the Los Angeles Sheriff's Fingerprint Bureau. Also, a copy of the print with a description of the tattoo marks found on the dead man's arm is sent to the War Department with a request for information regarding fame. And in a short time, their search for the files comes to an abrupt end as a card bearing the name James C. Duane. An identical stunt set of fingerprints comes to light. Every classification is identical. Under the name, there is a line which reads, Hell for San Francisco Police in connection with diamond theft. Obviously, that dead man is no other than one game he's doing next time, Pete. Then, two days later, word comes from the War Department. He had telephoned. Regarding your request for information, fingerprints and general description, that of one Dennis James Curtis, enlisted in the United States Navy from San Francisco, 
wordlessly, Jennings takes his position at the side, under the windows. The Ontario officer at the back door. Then, with all in readiness, Lynch eases up the front steps onto the porch. Quietly tries the door, finds it locked. A moment's hesitation. Then, his mind made up, Lieutenant Lynch goes into 215 pound action. Regarding an explosion and fire. The 
suspect is now in custody. That's all.